Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And guess who I am? I'm Dr. Pat. I'm joined here by my two amazing producers for today. Both Mr. Benny Mather has been with me for like a long time, Benny. And Wow, you uh, make it sound like it's a bad thing. No, it's not. <laughs> but you know what I've been trying to figure out? It's not a bad thing. So here's the thing. I have been asked. Somebody asked me. Who asked me? I don't know. Some. A marketing person. You can make somebody up. I don't care. That's fine. So I don't remember their name. Um, but they asked me, uh, first of all, they asked me to do an interview. And then they asked me, how many interviews have I ever done? And I said, I don't know. I mean, do you count these things? Uh, and they yeah, said, well, right? <laughs> count it. I said, well, I don't think I can count it. Is it okay to prorate it? And so we have three different proration numbers, but one of the things we discovered is we're celebrating our 11th year this year. And so the question for TTR, uh, but the Dr. Pacho is older than that. So you got these people with these mathematical minds now doing math. And so they've had to go back to when we first started, Benny, right back in, I don't know, like 2004. Yeah, something like that, it's, near there. Something like, it was 04, it was January of 04, we right. started. Yep. Sue Storm, right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. But they ha they're going back and they're saying, you did five shows here, you did one show there, three shows here, and somebody's actually trying to count this. <laughs> so I'm like, can't we just round it? I mean, can't you just figure some kind of number and round it? And you could hear a pin drop on the marketing call. Yeah, and I mean that would people, oh, no. that wouldn't even include the other hosts that have you know interviewed you on their show. Not at all. No, and no. I mean, I mean to be honest, I mean you could have kept track, but that's Benny, ridiculous. You, come on, you know me. Uh, you know I don't do this to keep track of how many. I wouldn't want to do it either. But the, you know the point is this: when you have an idea or a passion or a purpose and it shows up at whatever time in your life you sort of get into the zone of it and that's what you know today we're going to be talking about with dr minds because you get into a zone where yes accountants going to have to account things uh, marketing people they don't want, you know, when they ask you a question, like how many networks is your, is TTR on? And you say, uh, I think it's around 50. They're like, no, no, you need to count the networks. And I'm like, my gosh, that's not our purpose. But what happens in your life as I'm sitting here today and I've got a book in front of me that, wow. Wow. If I understood this book 
at age six, then at age nine, then at age 17, during homeless, then at age 19, then at age 30, then definitely at 40, 40 is when I got a sense of what my very special guest today is talking about in this super book. If I got a sense of spiritual awakenings, of being in a state of overwhelming experiences, and I had this blueprint that we need now, wow, what a different world this could be. Today, I am so thrilled. Dr. Stephanie Mines is joining me here today. We are all in shock. That's the book, Energy Healing for Traumatic Times. And I'm telling you that, yes, not only is this the energy of traumatic times, but the idea of being in shock, and we're going to dive into this with this amazing, amazing expert in this field. Not only are we in shock at the obvious level, like the obvious, I'm overwhelmed. I'm coming apart. I can't talk on a phone. Overwhelmed. But underneath that, there are shock waves. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to somebody that is more than taking on this conversation. Three decades of research, right? Neuroscience, I love neuroscience. Investigated shock, trauma as a survivor, and we're gonna talk about that because this clinical researcher, healthcare provider, right? And then amazing nonprofit, we're gonna talk about Tara Approach, right? But here today, beyond all of that, and then developing climate change and consciousness, to facilitate a transformation in climate action. When you are she, it is so critically important, especially if you could get past the forward by Donna Eden in the book, to understand the significance of this and the role that each of us play in times of crisis and challenge, especially as women. Dr. Stephanie, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. And thank you for a powerful, insightful, and transformative book. And certainly, thank you to your folks who have brought you to our show, right? Erin, thank you so much for doing that. And all of the folks, right, that publish the books, New Page Books. And when we're talking about publishers, why do I keep mentioning them? Here's why, doctor, if you want to hear me now rant. Books like this, Once Upon a Time, were hard to get published because people didn't want to hear the real story. Thank you for your courage and putting it out and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I was just reflecting this morning on what it takes to hold your vision over time, to sustain it, to carry it, to be loyal to it, no matter what. So your introduction here resonates with me very deeply. We're in tune with one another, Dr. Pat. I gotta ask you this because I know what it takes to write this book to bring this out. This is not your only passion. I barely touched upon, you know, climate change, and we can talk about that. But this particular book and the psychology of shock—if I can get to that—and I'm gonna—I would really like to start with that. I love the energy. Um, how should I say it? the relationship to shock and energy and frequency. I love that you're bringing that forward. And I love Donna for really jumping in here. But the psychology of shock is one of the most, the least talked about constructs in our field. And OMG, the most important, 
Do you, from your perspective, how do you see that? I feel uh, very much in accord with what you're saying. The differentiation between trauma and shock has not been considered important by the professional community, but extremely important to the grassroots, the people who are dealing with precisely what that differentiation means. And it's because I know somatically what the difference is. And knowing that the magnitude of shock is much more common than is talked about by the powers that be, by what is commonly available. I felt I had to write this book. I had to make this distinction. And, you know, part of the conversation, if we could jump to that and just give people a backdrop, is part of the conversation about shock really has history, I think, history, I think you have this in your book too, history in wartime events, let's say, as an example, right? Um, And then it's almost as if we dismiss the moment of shock and move on to another category to describe it. Um, Aren't we sort of talking about maybe some things that are related, but it's kind of like one's an apple and maybe one's an orange sort of? Yes. And I think for those of us that are trying to understand why overwhelm is impacting us the way it is, those who are experiencing it, but at the same time trying to have some consciousness about what's going on, that differentiation between shock and trauma becomes important because the distinguishing characteristics are that shock separates you from your resources, makes it very difficult for you to reclaim what you actually know, what is inherent in you, but that you lose track of, lose memory of, become alien to because of the magnitude of overwhelm. And we are living in that time right now, Dr. Pat. And I really feel that the grassroots level of humanity, the people, the average person, the families, the parents, the grandparents are not being attended to in the way that they need because we have been so impacted by this cascade of events that just keep occurring. Every day brings a new onslaught of difficulty into our daily lives. Those of us who aren't fabulously wealthy, those of us who have to educate our children, who have to pay our bills, who have to keep the house in order, keep cooking food, keep moving forward with our careers. The way in which those simple tasks have become such a mammoth struggle has not really been met sufficiently yet. And that's that's why I did the rewrite of this book. I adapted it specifically for these times and I am literally every day developing more resources that match the magnitude of shock that people are experiencing every day. And I think it is one of the untold stories. It is, you know, I I had someone ask me if I wanted to do a documentary 
uh, and we're talking about doing it. And it's not your typical documentary. It's not necessarily about the first line, front line people. It's about the people that are in the middle of an ordinary yet calm and peaceful life. They're doing all the right things. The husband is working a job. The wife is working a job. They're raising kids. Maybe they're in a split family. Maybe they're in a, a, a family with two different parents involved. But they're doing all the right things. They've excelled at their job. And then they get the call. Come back. Mom and dad have COVID. And they pack up their lives. And they go back to whatever state they need to go back to. And they're faced with the new level of fear. You know, how do I stay protected from my family? How did my parents get this? What do I do now in this small town I'm living in where people don't wear masks, but yet they walk around and they talk about having got COVID more than once. And then the journey begins. And you go through this. And, you know, I'm not talking about a few people here, doctor. I'm not talking about a few people. We're talking about people that have just become invisible, aren't we? So I look to this incredible contribution made by the wonderful anthropologist, Margaret Mead, who identified the meaning of civilization as compassionate healthcare. She marked the beginning of human civilization by the discovery of the healed femur bone. So prior to that moment when that healed femur bone was cared for, people would simply abandon someone who was injured. They would simply leave them to die so that others could go on. When the healed femur bone was discovered, that point in history indicated that people cared enough to find out what they could do to help that person. They stayed with that person. They tended to that person. They waited. They fed them. They kept them warm and discovered what they could do. They experimented with herbs, with poultices, with heat and cold until that femur bone healed. And that compassion at the grassroots level, there were no emergency rooms to go to. There were no pharmaceuticals. There were no so-called professional authorities who could tell you how to heal a femur bone. They figured it out and they waited until that person could walk. That's the meaning of civilization. And that's what's behind my vision, my vision of sustainable health, my vision of eliciting at the grassroots level, the innate wisdom that marks civilization and provides a route to health that we know in our bodies that is indigenous to us. Yeah. You know, you are brilliant about the way you introduce us to what you call the shock primer. And I pulled one thing out from your book and I want to read it because it leads right into 
picking up the pieces. What a beautiful job you've done in this book to really take the conversation down so that people, when reading this book, understand it, can feel it, can empathize with it, can pinpoint, wait a minute, that might be going on with me. I didn't know it was that. Um, and I want to read this because this really hit me. And it's in the shock primer chapter of the book. For those of you just tuning in, and I think Jacob has got the copy of the book. I'm just going to see if I can do a little holding up thing right there. Can you all see that? Um, we are all in shock. Energy healing for traumatic times. And we're going to talk about energy healing. And we're going to talk about it from a lot of different perspectives. Because when all is said and done, there is a, a map, a let's call it a healing map of how energy works, how it's been proven, and why it's important. But here's what I nailed in the book this morning. And I honestly, I went back to read it, and I got it the second time around. Um, it's this. Uh, you go on to say, it wasn't until I met William Emerson, however, that I first heard the word shock used precisely and definitively. And here, here's the quote. Shock recapitulates globally, he said. The shocks we have experienced remain after therapy has concluded and frequently reveals themselves in recurring discomforts for which it is very difficult to find a solution. That to me is the flashpoint of the conversation that nobody's really talking about, are they? Thank you so much for uh, reading that. I often love hearing what I've written and what that reminds me of, I mean, when I met Dr. Emerson and he began to inform me about the nature of shock, I was already uh, a neuroscientist. I was already, I already had a PhD. I had already been through all of the training and trauma. I had already done a postdoctoral internship with Peter Levine. I had already completed my training in somatic experiencing and nobody had spoken of the difference between trauma and shock. So that was revelatory for me. And it, you know, it was a moment in time, you know, those moments when everything stops and it's like being in the eye of the storm and you kind of reorient completely because, and that's what's happened. That's what I hear from the people who read my book. I understood those repetitive syndromes that occurred for me, that occurred for my patients. I understood them in the context of shock. And that allowed me to come up with new resources. And that actually is what led me to understand why energy medicine, which is so subtle and so aligned with human bioelectricity, why something so nuanced would be the perfect antidote to overwhelming experience. I understood it in that moment. And what you're talking about in the book, especially when you take us through the physiology of shock, and this is something, boy, I'll tell you, we have got to have a conversation about this in mainstream. Because when you now, look, if you are sitting here on Oprah's show today and having this conversation with her and talking about this, the frame of reference for this has never been more obvious. See, usually when we talk about shock, there's never been a global frame of reference. There's been individual things like plane crash, or maybe not something like that. Maybe it's something, lost my job, 
by the way, that is one of the most common shocks we can have, right? But if you were talking about it today, like we're talking today, and you're in front of an audience like you are today, people are getting it. This they get, they relate to. They cry when they think that, look, you are now hearing them and that they're being recognized. Because let's talk to the physiology of this for a moment, because it's been centuries have gone by before we connect the dots to say, if you experience this, it may hit you in this part of your body. But that was an integral part of your book as well, wasn't it? I think looking at the physiology is critical because it is those very individuals struggling with conditions that they're told there really is no antidote for that will understand the phenomena in their own bodies when they understand the physiology of shock. The physiology of shock is intimately woven into the kidney adrenal system, into the very structures, every aspect of every component of the nervous system. And it is entirely possible. You do not have to have a doctorate uh, in order to understand your own nervous system, in order to understand your own body. In fact, you're likely to have more insight into your own physiology if you allow yourself to become deeply conscious of your sensation and what is occurring for you. You yourself will be able to unwind or unburden. Unburden is one of my favorite words. We take the burden off of the nervous system. We take the burden. This is the nature of my work, Dr. Pat, completely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we take the burden and literally we take it like I'm using my hands. We take the burden of the shock off of the nervous system. And you know what happens? The nervous system bounces back because that buoyancy is innate to the human nervous system. And this is what led me to become an embryologist, to study the development of the human nervous system and thereby to track how consistently the human nervous system has been resilient, has been buoyant. And this is a victory, a potential that is innate to every human being. And the time has come for yeah. us to claim it. You know, it's funny. I um, Two things. Um, I remember we were left amongst ourselves to do our own little abstract research project. I don't know if you experienced that when you were in school, but, you know, in the school I was in, they gave us a short period of time to create a little project. Now, I must say that what we created was not groundbreaking, but it was fun. So we created a project called the psychology of a sand pebble. And we had subjects because you know, you can't pick people to do things in psychology without getting a board approved. And when they heard our project, they debated over whether it would be harm. So our project was, we wanted you to walk around with sand pebbles in between your toes for a week. And we wanted people to jot down what the effect was of a sand pebble 
the first day. I mean, why am I bringing it up? Because the discovery about a sand pebble and the level of anxiety, discomfort from not being able to remove it because you agreed to a, a project. Some people could not go a week in the project. They could not take the effect of a sand pebble. And if you discover something like that in psychology, and believe me, it wasn't the direction I was going to go in psychology. So that was the last experiment I did in that way. If we, if we struggle to handle a sand pebble, then what happens with real shock? What happens? What a and metaphor. What a metaphor, Dr. Isn't Pat. It, isn't we it wonderful? All, globally, we have all been trying to walk with sand pebbles in our toes for years now. Yep. Yep. That is a beautiful metaphor, a painful, a it's a painful metaphor. Metaphor. Yeah. But like you and your research, we were shocked by what we discovered. And you know, so much so that our department wanted us to redo it. They didn't believe the results. Um, you know, we were just we weren't your fully approved, funded study group. We had an idea, but we followed the rules. We didn't influence people. We didn't tell them you, you could do this or you couldn't do that. You know, we didn't, and, and let me tell you the consequence of this when we come back from break. Because what we found afterwards and why they wanted us to repeat the study, and most of us were like, no, we're not interested. I think back at one of the greatest mistakes I've ever made in psychology was to say no to that. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about this because it's in your book, but it's not a pebble. It's not a pebble. It's a giant boulder. It's one of the most obvious yet in denial boulders. And when we come back, we're going to talk about picking up the pieces because I want folks to hear from you about the solution of hope, the humanity of hope. And thank you for putting Savanfu's quote in here when we come back. But how do people find out about you? How do they get a copy of the book? And Benny, we're going to give away two copies today. But tell folks how they can find out about you. And we're going to talk about your approach, too, when we come back. You can find information about my healing paradigm at www.tara-approach.org. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about the neurodevelopment. What is it that you can do today? What role have women played in this? But all of us out there that are suffering, this book and what we're about to talk about is going to give you relief because we are walking on some things we never anticipated. We're burying parents. We're burying relatives. We're trying to get back to our lives you know, we have people that know that their rent is going to be due and back payment in March. I mean, I could go on. And if you don't think these things are shock points, mm -hmm. wait till you hear what, what Dr. Stephanie has when we come back. We'll be right back. 
Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares practical tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you learn to live your best life. Live the good life, connecting your physical and spiritual self with Sabrina Wright every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I don't know how to tell all of you, and I know we are giving copies of the book away, 1-800-930-2819. I don't know how to say this to all of you listening. You've heard me talk about this from time to time, but what I realized today in talking with Dr. Mines, Dr. Stephanie Mines, the author of We Are All in Shock, Energy Healing for Traumatic Times, uh, Donna, Donna Eden and David Feinstein wrote the um, the forward but donna you all know donna she's been on the show and actually i've worked with donna personally when i was sick really sick in my life so i know about energy medicine but what this book is really about is the untold story the untold story of heroes right now Mm. in Mm. the world that no one is talking about they Mm. feel like they are not being heard all Mm. of you know what i'm talking about 
all of you that have moved from your career job to go back home to make sure your parents are safe. Those of you that had to fly to another part of the country, maybe another part of the world, to really make sure your parents or loved ones or children get what they need. You understand really the times we're living in. People call it stress. It's stress up until you're really plucked right in the middle of it and you are responsible for taking action on behalf of yourself, your loved one, your family, or somebody you know. You're part of that. You know what it's like to be trying to get a vaccine and you cannot get it. You also know that if you are not computer equipped, you're not gonna get it scheduled. Shocking, overwhelming, and boy, I haven't even scratched the surface of what is in this book, we are all in shock. It is a must read. Why? Because it's a solution. Um, Dr. Stephanie, during the break, I was telling you, okay, let me just end that story about the sand pebble. So here's what we discovered, and this is why they wanted us to do it again. We followed the subjects for about three months, and then we all graduated. But we, we followed the subjects, and they were supposed to pick up the study. What we discovered in this was following subjects, something like 96% after one week of showering, of throwing the socks out, of not wearing the shoes they wore, still felt the pebble. A month, a month, 92%. What was the difference between 96 and 92? You're going to love this. Some people had to put the pebble back. That was a study that we did as a side study. It was not enough. So folks, you're not going to find a paper on it. This was one of these studies that most of us that study psychology have to do before we do a real study. But that study led me into my topic that I really wrote my thesis on. Psychological contracts. Violations of psychological contracts. We are in one of the biggest psychological contract violations of our society. I want to ask you this question. Do you believe that these are the untold stories, heroes? And what can we give them for relief? Where do we go to pick up the pieces? Beautiful uh, and fascinating about your study and the people who felt the pebbles, even when the pebbles weren't there. Uh, that is about the other level of differentiation that I focus on every day in my work, the differentiation between the past and the present, uh, a crucial differentiation in resolving shock. Yes, you are so right. The stories of the heroes that are not being told, that the stories that are occurring every day in the homes around the world where we are dealing with shock globally at every level, climate shock, uh, as well as health shock, as well as a violation of contracts. All of these compounded together equals the difference between trauma and shock. What I really want to tell people is that the resources in my book are accessible. Accessible 
to every human being. They're even accessible to children. They're accessible to the elderly. These are simple, hands-on practices that are ancient, that I was fortunate enough to receive from my teacher and the origin of the system in Japan, but it's a universal system. It happened to have been transmitted in Japan through someone who was dealing with a life-threatening illness and was guided to use a system that he then investigated and expanded upon and transmitted to very few other people. My teacher transmitted it to me when she came from Japan to America. These simple applications speak directly to the human nervous system in a language that the, the nervous system immediately understands. So by being guided to where these sites are by touching them lightly without any manipulation, by being present and allowing your fingertips to actually listen to the bioelectrical whisperings of these sites, you begin to reorganize at a profound level that not only changes your physiology, it changes your consciousness. It allows you, this is the greatest gift for these times, and I experience it directly. The people mm -hmm. who study with me also experience it. It allows you to discover new options to solve these shocking dilemmas that we're all dealing with that will not be solved by people at higher levels of power, uh, no matter what their role, that the solutions for these daily shocking challenges that we face are in our own hands. That's the blessing of this book is that it puts into your hands. And I did my best to provide the most yeah. uh, clear illustrations and guidance. I'm continually upgrading my capacity to deliver this information so that it's clear, so that it's transmissible to people, whether they read it or mm -hmm. they see it online, or there is also an audio book of We Are All in Shock. So you can listen to it to be guided to these practices that speak directly to the evolution, the potential of the human nervous system. Yeah, and, and I wanna mention this too to everybody is that if people go to your website, right? Tara-approach.org, tar, uh, tar, -tara right? Is that the right place for yes. people? Yes. If they go there, I wanna direct people because this is what I did. I'm going to actually recommend one of your uh, practitioners for my friend. I'm gonna do it as soon as we're done today um, because you have practitioners uh, in this country and abroad and you definitely have practitioners where I live in the Western Washington region. And so people can go to your website, they can look at the teachers, they can look at the learning events and their own certification. So there are opportunities for people to learn and to heal 
from. I want a footnote to you, Dr. Pat, because there's a practitioner in your area who isn't on my website yet. Okay. She's going to be posted very soon, and she's the one I want uh, to recommend for you. Please email me and get that yeah. to me because yeah. I, I'm on a mission. I didn't know I'd be on this mission. I mean, but I we don't have a framework for this up until the point that you wrote this book because when you go to get help on this you get put into this odd psychology bucket you know this i know this you get a bucket and once you're in the bucket you can't even have a conversation about healing but we need to move beyond that bucket now i'm not saying that psychology doesn't have an brilliant place but if you look at psychology and the integration that goes back thousands of years in the mind and the body and the rituals and the energy i don't think without those we would not be alive in a civilization i mean that was the foundation of how to keep survival and i wanted to ask you this because there's something in your book that i must ask you to talk about because it is the thing I have 1,200 pages of interview notes on people that could pretty much talk to what you're talking about. But here's what you say, if I might. You talk about the language and the voice of healing. So powerful. But there's a point in here that I found that people are longing for that we are not given to them. Develop the compassionate inner witness. Witnessing is a lost art talk to this and talk about the energy of this to heal. Thank you. And I do want to reference what you said a little while ago and make it very clear to everyone listening that I am not opposed to allopathic medicine. I'm not I am, either. I am not opposed to the wonders really that have evolved in allopathic medicine, the incredible resources that are available to us. I am not in any way opposed to that. In fact, I consistently work integratively exactly. with hospital staff, with physicians. Uh, they are my colleagues and I respect deeply uh, what Western medicine has provided. But you're right, Western medicine hasn't really instructed us about the power of witnessing, the capacity to witness, to enter into a place of compassionate detachment uh, that allows us to track what is going on for us, but also with family members, with others that we serve. In fact, the witness, the role of the witness, the aspect of the self that is the witness plays a major role in many of the paradigms that I've created. Uh, the energy medicine that I make available to everyone is only one component of the TAR approach. Another component could fall under this general rubric of consciousness. And that consciousness is perhaps codified in this voice of healing, this compassionate witness. That is the consciousness that allows us to see below the surface. And that's really what we need to do uh, if we're going to not be distracted by our symptomology. And you, you actually talk about the book. Uh, by the way, I just want to be clear. I'm on the same page as you. Um, I am here today because of all forms of medicine, allopathic, integrative, spiritual, whatever you want to know. That's why I'm here today. But I will tell you this. 
my PT, my physical therapist said to me yesterday, we don't get you. I said, what do you mean you don't get me? You had a total knee replacement like not even two months ago. We expected you to bend your knee to 120 degrees. You're at 134. We know you had a great surgeon, but something else. And I said, are you really asking me? Do you, do you really want to know? Or are you just like making a thing? And, and they said, no, we want to know because you should write this up. I said, many people have written this up. I said, the minute that I found out about my surgery, I had a shaman from Peru praying for me. I had Trish McNair doing spiritual ritual. I had Sabrina Wright doing distance Reiki for me. And I went on to talk about all the modalities. And then I said to them, and by the way, according to Jean Houston, I had a quantum partner that gave me the solution of what I had to do. And they, one of them said, you should really write that up. But that really is part of what we're talking about. The, I got a doctor that was one of the best surgeons on the planet. He did an amazing job. But how about the energy of the rest? Isn't that what you're talking about here? We're not saying pick this one and not this one. What if we could have it all, doctor? What if we could have it all? Well, we deserve it all. No kidding. Every human being deserves that level of support in facing challenges, whether it's a knee replacement or COVID. We all deserve the maximum support as human beings at every level because there is no physical challenge that doesn't affect us at every level of our being. In the book, you talk about, if I could, I know, I'm, I know I've got a few minutes left, but I got to get to this. In the book, you talk about the seamless, okay, let me get this right. You talk about the, the seamless matrix of life in the book. And uh, Mother Nature, You and Me, talk about the seamless matrix of life. And I remember reading this, and then I went back to it, and I thought, oh, my gosh. So now we're talking about the integration of color and the energy of seasons. You know, we've gone through the chakras in the book. We've gone through touch and sound. We've gone through spirituality. And now we're looking at how we put this all together how we look at envisioning, as you say, if I could, a world without shock. And I'd love mm. for you to talk to mm. the world without mm. shock, please. Thank you, Dr. Pat. So those words and that concept has evolved enormously in the face of climate crisis, because I now understand that the natural world, our beloved Mother Earth, is integrating with us is calling us to become aware of how the elements of nature live within us. And as we become conscious of that fluid dynamic of the elements that are the arms and the legs and the body and the nervous system, uh, the neurobiology of our living earth, as we become attuned to that within ourselves as our consciousness of what healing is really about evolves. We partner with our living earth. We partner with mother earth and we tend to her just as these 
people you're talking about are tending to their parents who have COVID. We tend to her in the same way because she is our mother, our living earth. And the elements that flourish within her many systems also can flourish within us. So that pairing comes alive through the use of the resources that I describe. And this is what led me to create climate change and consciousness. Yeah. So another website yeah. uh, that I can offer, cccearth.org, whereby inner climate evolution leads to outer climate regeneration. And as above, so below. I mean, how often have we heard this? And how often have we denied the relationship between the outer and the inner? How often have we done that? And, you know, what I love about this, and I hope you come back so we can just talk about the climate. So we I'd can love talk to. About I'd love to do that. Yeah. Because there are some things that we get to experience in life. Why are you and I so passionate about this? Well, I don't know your story, but I've been through it. Mm -hmm. I know what shock feels like at age six. I know what it feels like at 17. I know what it feels. I mean, I know what it feels like. I just didn't know it was that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was, you know, wasn't just supposed to suck it up and move on, Pat. You know, why are we numbing ourselves now? I mean, isn't this the question? I mean, alcohol sales, 600%. And we don't we're so quick to really put those people down, right? Like, but, but there's a reason. There's a reason for it. There's a reason that the marijuana store up the street, I don't know if they call it that, Benny. I don't know if they call it marijuana. But the, the marijuana Usually store Usually it's a dispensary. Street, thank you. You're welcome. It's a store that's next to my pizza place that when you go there, the line is like down and across the block. It's also, is- there's some... This is our next show. This is right? our next this is our next talk. We need to find a way not to criticize people that are in so much pain that they don't have the solutions in your book. We we need to find a way to honor and witness what folks are going through as opposed to criticizing them and threatening them. We need to find a way to do that. I don't know that I have that way. I just know that this is something we've got to really do. You see? That, that is got to be written, as, as your colleague said when you were in school, can you write that up, please? That <laughs> statement that you just made is a statement that I do believe everyone has to hear. I'm actually right now at work on developing applications of my system for the very specific epidemic that is the subset of the pandemic, such as the accelerated alcohol use, which is absolutely a response to these shocking circumstances. So developing resources, this is a challenge to meet that need, but I believe it's possible. And I intend to collaborate with others who are in love with my system and produce exactly that. Yeah, it is so needed. And by the way, you know, we're seeing uh, children, young children, finding numbing situations as if they have not been affected. And I want to thank you for this today, because if we don't start calling this what it is, then we will develop sort of a scenario of something that we came up with decades ago 
to handle some level of post-traumatic stress disorder, but I don't know about you, but my working with some of the most incredible people that have served in wars will tell you that shock lingers on. They will tell you that. And we have tried so many ways, but the most success we see is in a body of work such as yours. We thank get you at so the much. cellular and the spiritual level. Thank you so much. Would you please again, thank, um, first thanks, thank Aaron for bringing you on here and working this out with Linda. And um, also thank your publisher for having the courage to be able to put this book out, right? Because it's not every day that you get to write a book like this and somebody actually gets to take it out into the world and help you. How would we find out more about you? How do we find out about your practitioners? And then doctor, I would also like to know your personal message for today for us, what you'd like to leave us with. So, I'm going to give you two websites, uh, the one for the TAR approach, which is the paradigm I've developed, which is www.tara-approach.org, and climate change and consciousness that will bring to you a global community of people who believe in the relationship between inner climate development and co-creative climate activism. That's cccearth.org. And my message for today is for all the unsung heroes out there right now that Dr. Pat has described who are in the throes of these shocking circumstances I want you to know, first of all, that there is a fabric of love and a fabric of support that is available for all of us. We all need it. And I myself tune into that fabric of support when I walk in the ancient forest here in the Northwest, the trees, the earth herself is available. And I do everything in my power, Dr. Pat, and everyone listening, I do everything in my power to disseminate these usable resources to anyone who asks for them. I have handouts, pandemic treatment, uh, ways to downregulate or upregulate the nervous system as needed. These are available to anyone who takes my programs. And my students will tell you that I am incredibly generous with them. They're not a secret. I want to make them available and I don't want to overcharge you for them because they're part of this fabric of love that supports humanity. Yeah, you and I know best about this, right? I've never charged for a download or subscription of our podcasts, our shows for, for 17 years. There's something about sharing this level of energy and so many people contributing, brilliant people, people that have gone through shock and trauma and pain, but people like yourself who have said, I'm not only going to share it, but I'm going to help others learn it. I'm going to help others change their lives. And if they could change their lives, they can change the world. And you represent the epitome of that. I want to thank you personally for your work. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, perhaps I could end with a very simple energy medicine practice. It's probably very familiar to everyone, but when you bring consciousness to the practice, it upgrades it. So this practice is simply bringing 
the pads of all the fingers together and the palms of the hands together. And there's a very slight pressure, not much at all, but enough so that the connective tissue of both hands realizes it's in contact with the other 